Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Presented by AfterBuzz TV and hosted by Hall of Fame superstar Sean X-Pac Waltman, this is X-Pac 12360. And now your host, WWE Hall of Fame superstar Sean X-Pac Waltman. Welcome everybody to X-Pac 12360. See what I did there? I changed up the words. <laughs> <laughs> I put everybody before. Anyways, there we go. y'all know what I did. Don't make me explain it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, how was your weekend, everybody? It was fun. It was yeah. long, which was really nice. Did you go to Chicago? I did not. Yeah? All right, no? No, I didn't go. I didn't go. I couldn't afford it this time. Since oh, okay. I did the Las Vegas show, that was I, enough for me uh, for a bit, and you know? Just, and, and, you know, that's something that um, I'm starting to think about is, okay, the more frequent all these big... Super weekends, like the more it's like, hey, I don't, I'm kind of tapped out financially. Right, exactly. I'm not talking about me, but I'm talking about right. people. Right. Right. So it is. Yeah. It's hard because they've been so continuously, you know, with rest. I did WrestleMania weekend. I did, you know, double or nothing in Las Vegas. Yeah. And granted, like, I'm not a big spender, but, you know, hotel and getting there, flights, you name it, it starts to add up. And especially if you go all crazy Food. during WrestleMania weekend and you go to everything. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, oh, snap. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, I watched from home, though. Oh, did you? Yeah. And uh, I, I don't want to get all up because that's not what the show's about today. Mm. But you know, just to acknowledge, it was a big weekend. Yeah, big one for sure. Yeah, and uh, and I thought, um, you know, I didn't see all of AEW, mm. uh, but I did. See, I did see moment. You know, some of the bigger moments, and I did watch just about all of the uh, NXT UK mm. Cardiff show, and it was great. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I didn't see New Japan. Anyone? I mm, missed no. it this week. No, uh, I heard that was uh, all of a show. Yeah, it's I, a good I, time, yeah. I heard Dave Meltzer saying it. I, I, it was like Meltzer <laughs> and Alvarez or somebody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good time to have all these weekends just filled yeah. with all of these uh, shows, Embarrassment of Riches. Yeah, well, that being said, this show is going to be about uh, looking backwards under the past. I figured uh, we'd change things up a little bit around yeah. here. Um, and uh, steal from, actually, I not steal. I'm sure Conrad doesn't mind at all <laughs> appropriating his uh, his uh, pole-driven uh, wrestling content. Yeah, I dig that. Episodes. Yeah. Uh, so we put out a little poll and, uh, you know, just talking about um, different subjects. And uh, Denise, why don't you just go ahead? I have a hard time all spitting right, things well, out sometimes. I guess let's just, well, really quick. So we did the poll, right? Yeah. And we just put like four different options. Like, yeah. hey, what do you want Sean to talk about on tomorrow's show? And people got really excited about it. We got like like a th- like a, over a thousand something votes that oh people really? sent in, yeah, Holy yeah, shit. it was like over like fifteen hundred, I think. So it was pretty cool. Because at first I saw like you know uh, like twenty four votes, and I'm like, oh jeez. <laughs> no, yeah, it really. builds up over time, and we only had it up for six hours, okay? Because you know I was like, okay, this needs to be a reasonable time enough to prepare, etc. Yeah. So, uh, but a lot of people were writing stuff down in the comments, even things that I was like, okay, I will include this for the next poll, which was pretty yeah. cool to kind of see what people you know wanted to know about or you know that sort of thing which was really awesome but we basically the winner was history with razor ramon and somebody actually tweeted us something really funny so on twitter you only get a certain amount of characters to post like so i couldn't really say like in depth like what each topic was i had to cut it down so somebody actually thought that history with razor ramon meant that some that razor ramon was going to teach history (laughs) did you see that somebody (laughs) tweeted me that and i was like oh man that's hilarious do you think they really thought that (laughs) I don't know, but it made me laugh. I didn't expect to see okay. it in the comments section. But either way, that's what we're going to talk about today. Cool. And I just think it's really cool, especially after you dive down and you just sort of like re-look at things yeah. now. And let's just kick it off. Yeah, and so uh, there are some things I've talked about quite a bit mm-hmm. in the past. But, um, you know, and, and some of those things I might not try to 
deep dive too much on. Sure. But, you know, we still should revisit that. Yeah, we'll try to find some new angles, new perspectives, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so, um, well, yeah. All right. Uh, and I, let me just say this is, um, you know, my relate. Oh, like, real quick. I, let me backpedal here sure. for a second. I have to acknowledge um, the passing of one of the greatest bodybuilders of all time, just an icon uh, and a huge part of a lot of our... You know, a lot of us were huge bodybuilding fans of of the glory days of bodybuilding, sure. like the, you know, the Arnold era. You know, so uh, Arnold's best friend and training partner, and also uh, former Mister Olympia Franco Colombo passed away. Mm. Yeah, there was an accident. He was at, at his uh, like he's from Sardinia, Italy, and he was he was back home, and there, there was like a diving accident. I see. Uh, he dove down and never came back up. Mm. He was all. Uh, I think he was close to 80, you know, he's almost 80 years old and just um, one of pound for pound, one of the strongest men in the world period of his day. Right. Um, you know, he could blow water, but you know, like you ever see the, like the old gimmick where you blow hot water bottles up, things yeah. like that. And he, just all the old strongman stuff he could do. And he was under, you know, he's like five foot six or mm-hmm. five, seven and, you know, well, you know, under 200 pounds. And um, there was, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the very first uh, World Strongest Man contest on NBC Wild World of Sports. I don't know if you're familiar with it? Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, so Ken Patera was in it, Ivan Putsky, uh, Franco Colombo. Right. Uh, I think Lou, Lou Ferrigno. Um, geez. Who, yeah, you know, quite a bit. Of, yeah. Quite a few. And he was Franco. He got hurt pretty bad. He was carrying a refrigerator on his on his back, he was, and you know, the rest of the guys are like a foot taller than him and 150 pounds heavier, right? Right, right. right. So he kind of got hurt doing that, but uh, not kind of, uh, anyways. I just and the friendship, uh, between Arnold and Franco, and uh, the, the love they have for each other is another thing that really makes me uh, want to do this today, with Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel that same kind of kinship with him and the rest of my f- friends, you know, uh, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Scott Hall obviously. Yeah. Uh, Paul Levesque, Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. That'll be good, yeah. I think Rest in peace, Franco. Like, uh, it... <laughs> Go watch pump if you never watch Pumping Iron. I I, I can't recommend it. Enough. Right, it's just it was so great. But yeah, um, I just wanted to say that because of you know just their friendship and then what uh, you know how it made me think of my friendships. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. Take it away, Denise. All right, well, let's kick it off with May 16, 1993, The Kid versus Razor Ramon. You beat him after a moonsault, which was super fast. The crowd was absolutely <clears> shocked. <throat> I want to know, going into this match first, what were your thoughts going into this? Well, there's more to it than just my thoughts going into it. I mean, we got to talk about uh, like what led up to it, uh, yeah. you know, things like that. Had, had you guys worked together before that, before that night? No, you and you and Scott. No, no, we mm. barely knew each other. I, okay. I mean, I I knew him more than he knew. What the hell was that? Anyways, um, I just knew him from when I would see him around because I was always at the whenever WWE house shows were in uh, Minneapolis. I was mm. always backstage and you know hanging out, just trying to put yourself in the right place at the right time, sure. and get seen and. Make sure you know everyone see me with my Ribera jacket on, so they knew I was one of the boys. Right. Um, yeah. So I would see him there, and you know, Kurt Hennig and like all the local Minneapolis guys were good to me, like Hawk, and you know, and you know, and that, and so, um, yeah. And, and and Scott had seen me on Global, mm-hmm. you know, and he made sure he let me know that you know oh, he was cool. a fan okay. of that stuff. Sure. Like one of the things that stood out to him was we had a twenty count. And uh, and global, okay. And so, like when they were, you know, when the ref was counting me, and like you know, he's on the three or four, or five, I'm like I got fifteen more counts up, you know. What, what, what's a big hurry here? So I just like lay on the ground, act like I was smoking a cigarette, or <laughs> right, you know, just ridiculous. Yeah, but kind of making fun of it, right? Sure. Anyways, um, so he just liked things like that, and 
Um, you know, even though I didn't really know what I was doing, like you could still look at somebody earlier in their career, and even though they make shitloads of mistakes, uh, you can still see the brilliance in some people early on. You know, yeah. And uh, and so like and so Scott saw that in me. You know, yeah. Um, which and Scott sees that like if 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 there is that in someone, Scott's one that can find it in someone. Mm. Did you know yeah. that at the time that he saw that in you, or did you find uh, out afterwards? There's, you know. I can't remember exactly. You know, I think. Anyway, so fast forward. Yeah, so what, uh, what were some of your first impressions of Scott when you guys were putting well, together? Well, I mean, like, okay. So just to also, um, you know, I had my tryout. And uh, well, I had two days of tryouts. And, like, a lot of people know the story already, mm-hmm. so I won't go too deep into it. I had two matches with Luis Piccoli and... Um, you can find one of them on the Hidden Gems okay. on the network. And I remembered the match being way better than it really was when I watched <laughs> it back. But still, I, I recommend people go watch it and mm. see what you know what got me hired. Right. You know, it was pretty rough for Andy Edges looking back, but <laughs> you know, I got, I got, I got. You know, people saw what I could. You know, Vince saw what I could do. People, anyways, whatever. Mm. Uh, so I was waiting for. A call because I already had all these other things going on. Like I was promoting my own show, this NWA show with Hawk and Terry Funk in the main event, mm. and I, you know, I worked with Sabu. It was my first match with Sabu. Kind of put us on the map with a lot of people. Um, Jerry Lynn wrestled Candido. Uh, Taz wrestled Brad, Brad Rangans, Masa Saito, and and Nails wrestled. Anyways. No, Masa Saito, whatever. Nails and the hater against Masa Saito and Charlie Norris. I'm getting off into the weeds too much here. <laughs> what I'm trying to get get at is I had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And I also had a New Japan tour for a Super Junior Tournament. So, And so I kind of had options, right? And, and But I never thought I would get hired by WWE. I never thought they would even consider me, so... Mm-hmm. You know, I had to try out, and I'm at home waiting. You know, it seemed like forever till they call, and then one, you know, one day I pick up the phone, and it's Vince, and he runs this whole Razor Ramon story, you know, by me, and you know, Pat Pat Patterson's on the line with him, and you know, they're laying the whole thing out exactly how it happened, and you know, and I even mentioned, well, I got this Japan tour, and they're like, okay, then you know, and then we'll uh, have Scott. Uh, Doing the promos and stuff. Doing the pro, you know, challenging me to rematch and, you know, uh, putting your money up. And then eventually it's too much money for me to pass up. Sure. And, uh, whatever. But I had these old promos I cut. Oh, I'm, I'm jumping too far ahead. So we're <laughs> okay. So we get there, right? Yeah. Uh, anyways, Vince asked me what I think of it. Obviously, I'm like blown away by the whole thing, right? Because right. everyone else, you know, when they come into WWE, they just get. Three weeks of vignettes and some squash matches. And, yeah. You know, here, get over. So, you know, yeah, it was so much greater the way I was brought in. Right. It's enough of a surprise just that, that you're getting the call, much yeah. less that, you know, they're putting you over one of the, the top yes. guys right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, and this was, and by design, this wasn't just to uh, introduce me. It was actually mainly to turn Scott to turn the Razor Ramon character babyface. That was actually okay. going to be one of my questions yeah. later on. I didn't know if they had already planned that since that's then. That's what this was all or about. Or if it was just kind of like all fell into place. All right, well, there you that's go. That's what this was all about. Whereas, so just in case I ended up, you know, flopping or shit in the bed or whatever, mm-hmm. like they could still use this for the storyline with, with DiBiase, right? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, anyways... I fly in and I'm there and you know, uh um actually I had a couple of weeks. They you know, Vince had told me, you know, we're gonna bring him and you know we're gonna squash you the first couple of weeks. So I had I can't remember which order I had uh Curtis Hughes squash me one week and Okay. And Doink, Matt Bourne. Mm-hmm. And you can tell like see they didn't know what was planned for me, so they treated me like a job guy. And so I felt it was like, you know. Right. Doink was your debut, Sean. I'm looking at Yeah. Up. Yeah, May 3 was when you debuted, and yeah. uh, you lost oh, to nice. Doink that day. So. Yeah. Um, 
So do you, do you think that that might have made it seem more authentic to people? Of course it did. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, so Vince didn't realize people, you know, Vince is in the little bubble that he's in, and right. uh, he's busy as hell, and like... It's not like he's watching everything or he got his pulse on the finger of all the independent wrestling fans or whatever. Um, but he seemed rather surprised when I came out for that first match and the people started chanting my name. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, we had those couple weeks of squashes. and So I get there this week and, you know, I'm waiting and, and then here comes Scott and he's just really haggard looking and, you know, so is everyone else. and You know, it's like, comes up to me you got any ideas or like and i was like i had a million of ideas of what i wanted to do so scott's just like uh calm down you know we just (laughs) they just got off a you know a red eye from from out here on the on the west coast and you know everyone was really tired they've been on the on the road and so uh yeah i'm much more enthusiastic about everything scott is and scott goes up to pat and goes hey what should we do here he goes uh, Pat just said, uh, think of one thing. Just move, miss something. Think of one thing. He beat you. He beat the shit out of the rest of the match. Uh-huh. And that's what happened. And that was the right way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Because that was what made the the actual victory more shocking. And, you know, um, yeah. So that was how that went. What were your emotions like prior, during the match, and even afterwards? Because even afterwards, the way you celebrated, like it just went perfectly in line with the, with everything, you know? Yeah, and uh, you know, I wish I would have taken more time, but I was it was still you know I was nervous sure. and not you know, um, I still had a, a lot to I still do today I have a lot to learn, but at the time, boy, did I ever! Mm. Um, so I think I rushed that celebration too much and ran out of the building. Oh, I like, see. I could have milked that a little bit more. Like, and, you know, me today would have, like, milked the shit out of it. Trust me. So. <laughs> right. No, but, you know, I mean, it was the authentic, uh, I was, uh, and, yeah, I was, ex- I was, I was, I was through the moon. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was, and I knew at the time it was the biggest moment, you know, at that point, like, Without a doubt, like, sure. and uh, in my entire career, and and it was even to this day that was the biggest moment in my career. Mm-hmm. That was the most important moment of my entire career was that match. Did you expect that crowd reaction afterwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I expected everything. We expect everything to you know sure play out just like it did because it's like you said that it was all kind of engineered to to sort of culminate at that moment yeah Yeah. that was like none of that happened on accident Mm. that was all planned and then I was watching your promo, the one where you said, like, um, okay, so, you know, Razor Ramon's offering this money. I think first he started was, like, 7500 eventually goes up to 10000 But there's the promo that you did where you're saying, like, I was at home watching Raw with my grandma and yeah. my grandpa. And then you started saying, with like... my Minnesota accent. Yeah. Sick Minnesota accent. <laughs> was that your first national TV promo? Yes. That was the first, very first yeah. one. Oh, man, were you nervous? Yeah. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. I Well... Uh, you know, I mean, I've talked about this recently. Like, I was a, scared of talking in public, you know, and that means, you know, like, you know, I've gotten obviously better at it. I'm doing this right now. Sure. And, you know, I kind of make a living talking in public now. But, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And the thing is, when you're 20, 19, 20 years old, and you're just, you're new, not just in wrestling, but in life, you don't have that really don't really have that much to talk about right. as far as shit you've done. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, yeah. Um, that was, and that was that was how they wanted I was really uh, not happy with the promos because I wanted them to be slick, smooth. Of course. You know, and I wanted to, you know, cut a hell of a promo, but that was exactly what was needed. Yeah, yeah, because they had positioned that character to be so relatable. And, yeah. You know, that... Nervous little kid, you know. Just, yeah. Yeah, and I was, and I was overwhelmed by everything, and you could tell. I was just so incredibly, like, excited about everything. Mm. Yeah. So did they prep you before that, or was it just kind of like, do your thing, go out there, or did they give you, like, pointers, like what you were supposed so, to get across? Yeah, so at, after the after the big win, the next day, um, and I was just talking with Sergeant Slaughter about this because, um, uh, yeah, Sarge was a big part of all this 
because he was the one that actually called me for my tryout and like, hey, you know. And, <clears throat> um, but so Sarge took me to the studios in Stanford the next day, and we cut all. I cut all those promos. Sarge produced all of them. Okay, and he did an awesome job because I mean they were like, like you said they were exactly what was needed at the time, and you know he directed me perfectly and. Um. Uh, so yeah, after those were done, he was like, "Hey, so where are you staying?" I'm like, "What do you mean? Where am I staying? Like, I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> so he brought me home. He brought me to his house. I stayed at his house. We had a great time. Cooked out. Uh, you know. Um. Yeah, I love Sarge. So that's uh, awesome. Yeah. That was great. That's crazy because, like, I'm sure when you're, like, new, you never know who's going to take you in, that sort of thing. And you're kind of maybe hoping someone does. And then he did. Yeah. And so the guys like that, uh, even more so than the guys, like, younger than Sarge, like Scott's age, Mm -hmm. and and that really liked me because I was, I knew my history. I knew all, I mean, I knew all wrestling history. And, like, I could talk to them and talk to them about the things that they did and talk to them about... You know, even the people that were heroes to them, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and just the history of wrestling. And so uh, that served me well, you know, when it came to having relationships with the, the older generation of guys. Yeah, just having that foundation of knowledge yeah. to kind of, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. And then you had your rematch <laughs> on June 20th, 1993, which was just a, a couple weeks after the first match. So with this one here, one of the things. I'm pretty sure it was six weeks. Six weeks. There you go. I mean, no, you tell me. So, well, May 16th to June 20th. We have a couple weeks in between there. Okay. I'm so bad at math. <laughs> All right. Because okay. that was when I went to Japan for the so New that, Japan that's when Super you had Junior the break Tournament. In. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That was when I, I was in Japan because that was, we were still like figuring out names. You know, mm. Kamikaze Kid, Cannonball Kid, Dick Kid, This Kid, That Kid, right. Hard Luck Kid. Um, so, I'm in Japan. And I get on the bus, and I forget who it was. Is reading Japanese magazine and goes, "Oh, you one two three kid." I'm like, "What? Yeah, your name one two three kid." I said, "Bullshit! <laughs> that fucking name sucks." Oh, I hated it. You guys know, yeah, right? Yeah, I hate yeah, the you, name. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, I let that bother me. Didn't <laughs> grow on you after a while. <laughs> never. No. It never. It didn't grow until me until many years after I was done with it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So going So when you're like like out and about like uh you know or even just like me mean people or like say you're trying to pick up women or mm-hmm. what, not that I should have been picking up women as a married man or anything but just saying Sure. Uh you know so we go so so what's your wrestling name and that's when you go oh fuck. Want to be kid. That's true cuz there is Cuz they're like well, what does that mean? <laughs> fuck. Well, when you went into this match, already there were so many one, two, three kids signs. Yeah. You were already over with the crowd, yeah. you know, so that must have been fun going. So, I didn't even have music when I came out, and then pop, big old pop when I came out. I great. forgot to mention earlier your Lucky Raw t shirt, too, that you talked about in your oh, promo. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> no such thing. <laughs> so. Essentially, when you came out to this match, uh, when you came out for your rematch, already the crowd thought, is, you know, is he going to get one over, like, really mm. fast? And you did, you know, you went out there and you did these moves that, you know, everybody was just... We got some just, quick near falls yeah. right away and people were like, oh, you know. Right. People were freaking we out about them. Right them. Away. We had them. Who laid out this match? We did. Scott and I. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, <clears throat> obviously mainly <clears throat> Scott... But I had to say so. Like, I knew, you know, I had a clue. Sure. I had a clue already. I just, did, you know, I needed, you know, I needed someone with the real knowledge to kind of put things into place properly and when yeah. to do things. And when you're, when you're talking about, because I know you mentioned in the first match you had all these ideas, all the stuff you mm-hmm. wanted to do. Was there anything that you particularly wanted to like, okay, like if I get anything in, I want to get this in? No. No. Just huh? my normal shit. Sure. And I did. Mm-hmm. And, uh. Yeah, but that was a rough one that match. You know, so not a couple of months ago, I actually flew to uh, you know this right, flew to New York and did a, a short documentary about just that you match. You mentioned that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned this. You mentioned the story about when you slipped yeah. for, and during this match. Yeah. Well, that was the that was that was only the second time 
I got knocked out in this match. Oh, shit. Yeah, the first time was on the choke slam. Ooh. You saw it? Yeah, well, I didn't notice that, like, right off the bat. Yeah, though. we do it, like, go for the back, go for the, uh, I'm pretty sure it was go for the hip toss, I block, go for the, I do the back flip, and when I land, he goes on me, and it was like a, anyways, right on my head. It was yeah. just mistiming. And, and that's one yeah. of those things I didn't realize until I had and started. And the hard ring, the ring was so hard. If yeah. you go back and look at that bump in the ring, you see the actual ring doesn't move at all. Well, yeah, and that's one of those things that I didn't start realizing until fairly recently going back and watching those matches is like when he hits that choke slam, it is high and tight. Yep. Like, yeah. that is a rough one. See, because I'm just guessing that I was thinking like high extended choke slam and Scott has a different version of it. Sure. Right. So we were we were on we weren't on the same page. Right. His is obviously different from like the taker choke slam yeah. or, or anything. Yeah, so Man, I got a frog in my throat tonight or this morning. <coughs> one of the, one of the things that I also liked during this match yeah. is how commentary yeah. really put over the fact, like, kid, this isn't worth uh, it. The ten thousand yeah. dollars isn't worth it. Yeah. And like, you watch, you watch it back, and you just think, like, oh man, like it really puts you in that position where it's like this kid here. You know, all you had to do essentially was come yeah. out for this match. Yeah. So then, like, with the whole part with you running out afterwards with the ten thousand dollars, tell us about the ideas for that. Okay, so the plan was. Uh, you know the part where I go to the top rope? Okay, so what happens is, uh, you know, I spill to the floor. Scott comes out. He takes the padding on the floor, and he pulls the padding back. And he's going to give me the razor's edge on the concrete. Mm-hmm. And I backdrop him out of the razor's edge. And so this is the part that, okay, so Scott's like, oh, it was my fault. and Well, not really. It's just... I'm the one that did the slipping and, mm. and, and that, but Scott had this idea in his head that, okay, kid just got back from Japan and, you know, he, you know, cause everyone rushes everything when they're my age, right, right? right? And I'm taking my time selling and I'm going to get up there and then Scott's getting up way quicker than I thought he was cause he wants to be there for me. Right. And, uh, and, uh, so, and I'm trying to hurry up because I don't want him to stand there like, it's one of my pet peeves. Just it happened, standing there yeah, looking it at happened this weekend. Too. <laughs> oh, but, uh, um, yeah, so I slipped and I, you know, I ain't shit. Mm. Like, I, it fucked me up bad. I mean, I can't tell you, like, because I didn't go to the hospital even though I should have. I can't right. tell you exactly what the injuries were. But there was some major head trauma. Oof. Really bad. And uh, I couldn't walk uh, for... All the way up until I got on the plane to go to my first set of house shows. And somehow, like, once I got out to the ring, you know, you kind of manage the right. adrenaline. But, like, my, you know, there was major deep bruising in my thighs and, like, and just everything was messed up. And um, so, <clears throat> yeah, I'm. what was supposed to happen is, so I do a, you know, like a rolling whatever it's not a typical hero because it was up the top or, right 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 uh so i'm supposed to you know hit him boom down he goes and that's when i'm supposed to grab the money and haul ass out the door so but when i slip and fall it's like oh shit now what right right yeah so when i when i did that and scott's like oh now what and scott looked over because at the time the ringing out you know the the announcer's the table was right pushed up to the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Scott looked over for some kind of direction from Vince. Right. And Vince just put his head down like this. Like, you basically, you're on your own and we're live and this needs to get done, like, before we go off air, right? Like, so um, Scott just, you know, rolls me back in and is like, you know, if I beat him, like, he's fucked. That's mm. his thought. So he's like, Scott was going to let me beat him again. Oh, wow. You know? And so uh, he was just trying to think of something like schoolboy, like fucking, you know, small package. Exactly, and, yeah. And I went, moonsault. Somehow I spit out a moonsault. And he goes, just like before. And I'm like, uh-huh. And it was the best moonsault I ever did. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I was out of it. I suck at moonsaults. So, uh, um. I've talked about that before, so I won't, you know, I won't deep dive into my sucking at moon salts. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I, when I hit him with it, he was gonna let me pin him again. Yeah. And as 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 
Earl Hamner is down to the count. He's going, kick out. One, two. And then so Scott kicks out. And then it's like, what the fuck now, right? Right. And they are both going, get the money. Get the money. So I grab the money and like fucking, and there's 10000 in there too, by the way. I don't know why they thought they should put 10000 but they did. <laughs> right. Um, and so I'm carrying the money back and, you know, and I'm just so, I'm still fucking out of it. Just out of my feet. And I go through, I'm, I'm going through the curtain. I don't know what, I don't know if I heard some people like warning me or whatever. And Scott was about ready to take my head off. He had, he would have had to. Yeah. And somehow I fucking put it into overdrive just as he takes a swipe and poof, out I go. And he misses me. And, you know, it. everything turned out. And that was, if we didn't figure that out, I very well. I mean, who knows what would have happened in my career? Yeah, or a push or whatever, right? Like, so everything after that dive off the top was all just completely. Yeah, man, wow. and it was like there was a lot at stake. It was a lot at stake. Sure, and uh, and we got it done. Yeah. But I think in the end, it sort of worked out because it's like, oh, like he's sneaky. He just left with the money and the Razor never got his win over. I was going to say, yeah, the way that you're describing that finish, I was like, fuck, you couldn't plan something better than that. Um, So. Real quick, Sean, I got a question. Please. I can't show it because we'll get flagged, but I'm watching this back right now. When you sneak off and grab that money, you're obviously kind of woozy from the match. I'm out of it. So that wasn't acting. That was because. no. Dude, (laughs) because this choke slam and this. It's brutal, man. I can't yeah. believe you bounce back. For, you, so, for those of you guys who are uh, listening, you should definitely go back and watch this. I can't show it, but it's it's amazing footage. Mm. Um, and the, the even crazier thing about this is that was my first of two matches that night. Oh, shit. They sent me back out for another fucking match. Because <laughs> it was so important I had that fucking enhancement match with Reno fucking Riggins. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. And I got Tony Greer, and I love Tony, but that was their job at the time to get you to go out and do shoots. It's your fucking call. Yeah. If you fucking tell a wrestler that's fucking, like, head is half cut off, it's your call, they're going to go out and fucking do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. That was insane, looking back on it. How did that go, the second match? I managed. Mm-hmm. I managed. Like, if you know the situation, you could tell. By looking, you're kind of out of it. Oh yeah, right. Just ridiculous that I like was sent out for that fucking match. <laughs> How much time went in between that? You didn't even have like a moment to like sit I, and relax or something. Like an hour or something. I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe less. Right, not very much. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, so then, oh, one of the things I also wanted to ask you is that Razor Ramon. One of the things he kept calling you all the time was Stick Man. Stick, stick man, man. Yeah. Was there any story behind that, no. or just no. just what he thought visually? No, it was just like. That was Scott. You know, he would take something and I. He would stick with it. Stick with it. Right. <laughs> well, a lot of if you look at those promos, he's still like it's still very much supposed to be the Tony Montana kind of yeah. character at that point. So yeah. like he's still yeah like and he never changed even when he was a babyface. His interview style never changed. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Because I noticed, yeah, in that first one where originally it's 2,500, he's throwing a lot more Spanish in there yeah. than, you know, later on it would kind of uh, kind of evolve, yeah. Yeah. All right, so after this, you know, you started getting built up and you started defeating other people that sort of came into your position as more like, you know, like the jobber positions, and then you started getting more established. And then flash forward to August of 93, uh, you defeated Ted DiBiase, and I thought this was cool because Ted DiBiase was sort of mocking Razor Ramon, yes. kind of like, you couldn't win this kid, yeah. and then all of a sudden you get him and you get the pin, and it, it worked out pretty cool. Tell us a little bit about that whole match and how all that worked out, and was that the idea, you know, the whole time? Yeah. Well, that was that was part of the master plan, and like so, the Teddy was on his way out. Mm-hmm. He was finishing up, and he was going to be finishing up at, at SummerSlam, and it was so. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I had a, I had the match with Ted, and you know, so we did this finish that. And I'm pretty sure Ted actually went up to Terry Taylor and asked him, like, hey, what should I do with him, you know, get him over. And and so we did the finish I was doing with Terry on, on the road where, you know, uh, I would get, you know, I would do my stuff, and, you know, then boom, 
pull the rug out from underneath me, and there I am. I'm down. And I think Teddy got me in a million dollar dream, mm. and out I was. And then he laid over nonchalantly with his back, right? One, two, and I crucifixed him. One, two, three, real right. quick. And it worked great. It was perfect. Perfect finish for that. Yeah. 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 That and was then, Terry Taylor's finish. From here on, then you would say that you became more of an established character, even like <clears throat> after this was, you know, you were seen constantly. Yeah. And then you began teaming with Razor Ramon on and off. And then I want to kind of fast forward to when you kind of started showing these like heel tactics. So let's fast forward over to 95 where you guys. Yeah, like, let me just I, real quick. I want to talk about um, Survivor Series mm-hmm. because that was that was a big deal f- f- for me. Like um we had to team with Scott. And that was when they, you know, uh, I think that was a when they started thinking about Marty, Marty Janetti, and I as right. a team. But the main thing was like I was teaming with Scott, and you know, on our Survivor Series team, we had Macho Man Randy Savage. So yeah, I just had to throw that in That's there. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It was supposed to be Kurt Hennig. It was supposed to be Kurt Hennig, mm-hmm. but it ended up. Vince likes to do if you're going to replace somebody, make sure they're of equal or greater value. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, it was so cool. So what was it? Randy. It was it was you guys, Macho Man. Was there anyone? Was there another person on the team? Me. It was me, Scott, uh, Mach, and and Marty. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and so Marty and I won it. But anyways, so yeah, and that kind of is that what transitioned into you guys being a, a team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. So I just really felt the need to fit that in there because that was a big moment. Sure. That Scott and I were part of. So okay. So the, what I was talking about was when you guys finally got your title shot against the Smoking Guns in, yeah. in your house for 1995, mm-hmm. the Great White North, and this one was interesting too because the finish. You know, you guys had a chance. Yes. Had Razor taken that pin, you would have. The, we guys would have won the titles. But then yeah. you wanted your moment, so he gave yep. it to you. But you know, you guys are teams. Gives it to you. Doesn't go well. You lose, and then you start throwing a fit, and you you know you you attack them afterwards. Yeah. So we it was had a good already, match too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we had already started seeing some heel tactics of you, like even in that match where you pulled down the rope so that he can fall backwards yeah. and that sort of thing. So what was that transition like for you? Uh that was what I was. I was. I was a. Uh, I'd always been a heel, pretty much, mm. for most of my, you know, c- career. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was a pretty good heel, actually, before I got to, you know, WWE. Uh, anyways, the thing I remember about that is Scott and I we were just we were just on the same page. Like we didn't even talk to each other about this but we showed up even at the airport both wearing like the same like we both had our Stu Hart 80th anniversary or uh, 80th birthday jackets on They're like uh, that's a whole different story those jackets but mm. um, and we got there and when we go to get our gear on our gear was matching and we didn't even I coordinate that. it I thought you, know? you guys coordinated uh, no. that <laughs> no oh. yeah and it was just we were such a good team and uh uh, we had some cool moves, you know, like he did the sack of shit, and then he would catch me in the sack of shit and throw it on them for the right for the for an ear fall. Um, I've never heard anyone call the following slam. That, that was that's whatever that's what Scott's name for it is. Um, but uh, Eve, even so, we both and we didn't call this either. Uh, it was just just natural. We just did this. We both stuck our hands out to shake their hands. And when they put their hands out, we went, woo, you know? <laughs> Both of us at the same right. time. Oh, they were they were like, oh, you fuckers. <laughs> so at this point, were you guys, like, close, you know, in real life? Oh, yeah. At that point already? Oh, okay. yeah. But it's just, yeah. it's funny because, like, let's just say, like, not knowing anything about you guys and just seeing you guys. Like, you would never think that you guys, you know, had anything in common. But it played so nicely, though, with you guys being a team. But had you had you guys just paired you guys up, like, separately or something, like, it, you would have never thought it, right. though, you know? Yeah. So it kind of worked out, like, mm-hmm. pretty well, I think. Um, okay, so... Hey, isn't that the... I think that's... Is that the same night that um, Scott did double duty and he did the IC match with Shane Douglas? Oh man, not sure. On I that think one. so. Is yeah. that the one? I don't know. It's, yeah, but I don't think that's necessarily pertinent to the, right to the episode today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
right, and now let's talk about your full on uh, heel turn when you uh, were the special guest referee against uh, for Razor Ramon versus Psycho Kid. I'm sorry, Psycho, Psycho Sid, Sid. Psycho Sid. Sorry, I was reading two <laughs> sentences at once. Um, with Psycho Sid, so tell me a little bit about this. And you know, you finally joined. It was a full circle, essentially. You know, if you yeah. think about it in terms of, well, obviously you said this was part of the master plan where, you know, you, you essentially turn heel, Razor Ramon turns. Yeah, but I had, I'm pretty sure I had some other little matches in there with Scott before I turned heel. Or like, right. Yeah, because you cost him, yeah. you cost him the Intercontinental title, you hit him with a stroller, you attack, you hit yeah, him with a guitar, all turned. of that. Before, okay. all that, before I turned, before I actually technically turned, I had some, ma- I had like one match with him at least. Well, I remember there was that night on and Raw. And he fucking ran me through and, and beat me. Like There was the night on Raw where he, put kept, me in my he, place. he kept beating you and you kept yeah, exactly. demanding to yeah. start over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it looked like, yeah, after that, it looked like you guys kind of, like, made up, and that's had it sort of, like, put it behind you, yeah. and then, like, kept going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, so, then we get to me being the special referee with Sid and Scott, mm-hmm. uh, with Ted DiBiase at ringside, and um, I screwed Scott, and I, it was just a quick count, right? Right. And uh, that was the part where... So Ted, you know, his gimmick is he sticks $100 bills in their mouth, mm-hmm. but we're in Canada, and so all he has was, like, a Canadian 5 or a Canadian 2 or some shit like that. And when he did it, I'm like, oh, no. Like, I didn't want anyone to see, like, Ted DiBiase, million-dollar man. with. Oh, he I shouldn't see. even have a $2 bill in his right. right. He shouldn't even know what one of those is. So I was like, I went and snatched it out of his mouth real quick. You know, and it just looked like I was being greedy, right? right? Like a little shit thief. <laughs> So, yeah. I also like the promos between. Said. I fucking loved it. Yeah. Yes, and we were gonna get the tag titles. Really? Yeah. And then it? something happened. Mm. Said you know, said he departed, mm. and um, but I really like if he's listening. I really loved teaming what you said. That's awesome. Just really loved it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so one of the things I also wanted to point out, since we're, we just kind of briefly touched base on this, but I really like the the promos between uh, Razor Ramon and Ted DiBiase, where yeah. he was trying to get him to hire him as his like servant or butler or something like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty hilarious, where he was kind of like, just like, no, yeah. I really like that play on that. Okay, uh, so where were we at? Okay, so you... You essentially during this match, you you spe- you're the special guest referee. Tell us a little bit about how this all played out. I just did. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> we're getting confused here. All right, let's so who, move on. Well, then. well, who who was it that that first kind of approached you about about turning about like? How I don't did, remember. Was there anything? Did they did, were did they just think that you would just kind of like run your course as a face and they were trying something Probably, new? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think um, I think that was I think they were right. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there was, especially if there was, if I wasn't going to go any further as a baby face right. around there at the time. Yeah. So, so given, given your history with, with being a heel, you were obviously on board when they, when they had approached you about it. Yeah. Because yeah. nice. it was a, you know, just a way to be able to work with Scott and mm-hmm. we really wanted to work with each other because we had great chemistry and people like, they liked it. They liked the the whole storyline. Yeah, you know, they weren't sick of it. It wasn't like it played its course or right. You know, it was out of gas by any means. Yeah, because by this point it had been it never. It, it, it never ran out of gas. No, actually, huh? they tried to move on to different things, and that really upset Scott. Actually, you know, mm. but we can get to that. Yeah. All right. All right. So, what, what do you mean by like this? You know, that except that it, you know it it upset him and all of that. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, he just wanted to, you know. Have a, a conclusion to that, you know, have a like have that storyline with him and I play out and have a conclusion to blow off. And, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't really, they had different ideas. I see. So, All right. So then we have this crybaby match where, you know, the loser basically gets, a, gets yeah, put that's in a fast diaper. a little too far. Mm-hmm. All right. We, so let's go back a little bit. Yeah. You, you cost him the Intercontinental I mean, title. Yeah. I caught, like, in his match with Goldust, when I came off the top rope and. Hit him it's got with the spin kick. Mm-hmm. So there's and that was that was what I meant by uh, you know, Vince had this you know, big storyline with gold dust in mind and big plans. Big plans and and uh and Scott just didn't want to do it, you know, and you know, part of it was it was so at the time, you know, it was so controversial right. and you know, and it was really uncomfortable for Scott and he talks about it. I see. 
um, you know, what, right or wrong, or however you look at things, like at that time, and you know, from you know Scott's life experiences, it was really uncomfortable for him, and so he didn't want to do it, and uh, um, he wanted to do, he wanted to work with his friend, right? And I mean, um, yeah. How did that make you feel, like, knowing that he was like, I want to continue this? I felt good. I felt great. But, you know, I also saw that that was a that would have been a big thing, too, you know, him and Goldust. Right, right. Just, But you can't really, you know, if someone's not, if someone's not, man, when someone's really dead set against doing something, man, it's really not a good idea to try to get them to do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, um Although, like, sometimes, like, so, the uncomfortableness, like, coming through, like, actually kind of does help the storyline. It definitely but, helped, yeah, yeah the Goldust <laughs> character at the time, yeah. Because yeah. I remember, yeah, the storyline of Anathema Johnson, yeah. and yeah. you definitely got that for sure, yeah. But, um, so, yeah, that whole Crybaby match, like, that was, Scott's on the way out. Mm-hmm. Had he already given his notice at this point that yeah. he was going to leave? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so um, we even had, so we had that, that crybaby match. And, you know, that was punishment for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was also, and it wasn't good for me, character-wise. It was not good at all. But I'm not going to lie and say it wasn't good TV. Sure. It just wasn't good for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did the best I could with it. And yeah. it was mainly because I, and anyone can anyone can deny this or say, oh, that's not why. But they would be, they wouldn't be being honest, and and uh, and that I was I was in the doghouse because I started this ball rolling with the whole jump to WCW thing. I see. Uh, which I'm, I've already talked about that. I'm not going to de- mm-hmm. I'm not going to dive into that right sure. now. But so, you know. So the second you heard that this match was happening, you knew you were going to be the one coming I out in a diaper. One. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, actually, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. Actually, no, I didn't. I thought, okay, they're mad at Scott, like, or you know, like you, when someone leaves, they do the job on the way out. Right. Exactly. And then when, you, when I get there, it was no, uh, uh-uh. so but, even though Scott's leaving on bad terms, they're still fucking beating me uh, and putting a bottle in my mouth and fucking a diaper on me. Right. Yeah. How do you, you know, because obviously you don't want that to happen to you. Right. Obviously, you have different ideas for what you want to do with your yeah. character. How do you essentially swallow that pill and realize, okay, I have to do something that I'm not too big of a fan of that I have to you do? just do it. What was I going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, was, I wasn't I was in a good state of mind at the time. Just overall, like, you know, my friends were leaving and I wasn't. Because I had wanted to leave, but my, my contract rolled over. And, I see. You know, so I was stuck there. And, um, yeah, so there was a lot of things that that were making me depressed and you know unhappy, and you know a lot of them were you know my own doings. But you know you don't see things that way at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, no. Up until I got there, and, and Jim Cornette came up to me and told me how great this was for me, and I'm like, Jim, like I'm gonna do it, like, but don't fucking insult my intelligence by right. telling me how great this is for me, right. you know. Like I said, though, I will say it was entertaining and all that. Just I was damaged goods after. I see. After that, you know. I like the, the, all the post-match stuff. You know, you have the powder in your face. Yeah. You can't see. You don't realize you have this diaper on. And you're kind of just like, what? And at the end, you're like wanting to cry. Yeah. And commentary is really putting over. Oh, that kid's crying. He's going to cry. And uh, What else was I supposed to do yeah. with it, right? Like when they give you something, that's what I, I've talked about this on the show before. Like even if you don't. It's not your favorite thing because not everything is going to be exactly how you want it to be. Right. You got to do your best with it. Yeah. You know, you got to put your best foot forward on this type of shit. Um, Jerry the King Lawler was pretty, was really interesting in this match when he was calling commentary because he was saying some outrageous things. It was, he was saying like, oh, like, uh, basically saying Razor Ramon was such an ugly baby that his mom breastfed him with a straw and just things like that that were just so outrageous. But it, it was funny, you know, when you're watching the match and you're seeing all of this put forward because that was really cool to sort of see it all, all in one. But okay, so then the end when you're doing it and then you slam the camera, that was hilarious. I mean, I I thought it was funny. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I did the best out. I could with it, and you know they 
they played on that like weeks and weeks afterwards, like until I was just wasn't around anymore. But, I see. But so like there was a Europe, there was a like the last Europe tour before Kevin and Scott left, and um, I'm pretty sure over there, like I can't remember who exactly it was. I think it was Gold Dust that Scott was supposed to work with on the house shows, and for some reason he couldn't make it. Or like they had to replace him, mm. and so they were putting Bradshaw, JBL, okay, at the time who was just like Justin Hawk Bradshaw. He wasn't even fucking APA or anything, right? Yet, yeah, right? he just had the big. He wasn't rope. even Blackjacks yet, right? Um, and people shit all over it. They want they were chanting one two three on all the house shows in Europe. So oh, wow. finally they were like, okay, and they let Scott have his mat because you know Scott. No, I want to work with kid, you mm. know, and that's what the people wanted. And sometimes it's a good idea to give the people what they want, especially on a fucking house show. So, um, yeah, that that was how much the people like wanted that. You know, they still wanted to see Scott and I. Mm. Like I know you said you didn't like the one two three kid name. Did you think that maybe once you turned heel, that maybe you should have had a name change? No, 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 no. I, I don't like big. Like a lot of name change. I mean, I've had too many as it is, you know. <laughs> and then um, I did. Oh yeah, was there ever? And I know we talked about this, but I forgot to ask you this. But was there ever a segment where you did show that you spent the money, the ten thousand dollars, that you guys just brushed through that? No, never did anything with that. Because no. I was curious about that afterwards when I watched that. I was like, you know what? That would have been interesting. Had we seen or you know yeah. what what you did with the ten thousand dollars? So what happened was okay when I came back through the like there was. Tons of cash in that bag, right? And there was Arnold Skoland, Arnie Skoland, who was in charge of that, and mm-hmm. I had to give it back to him. And he was like, "There's like two, I forget what he said. There was like two grand missing or something." Like I was like, I I didn't put it over too much, but I was kind of worried that 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 maybe he was not just ribbing me, right? You know? <laughs> I mean, that two grand at the time, holy shit! Man. Yeah, right. It's a week's pay <laughs> on a good week. That's crazy. So, yeah, so those were some of the things that, you know, we wanted to talk about here today. And I just think it was really cool. So, oh, I forgot to mention something. So during your tag team match, this is just something that I noticed yeah. from watching uh, the one uh, with you and Razor versus uh, the Smoking Guns. Yeah. When there was some parts where it seemed that you guys were going to win, the crowd was really excited about it and got, like, some huge pops. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, like, man, like, you don't see that anymore nowadays where you get these pops. Like, it was a tag team match. Like, you know, like I don't know how to explain. It's just, like, the... Everything overall, like you just don't see so, that anymore. Just uh, like part of the reason was they cared about every, like they cared about us as a team, right? We had that history and everything, mm-hmm. and so they were already emotionally invested in us. And but like so, just assume you already have those ingredients. It's how you lay the match out and how you build the match, right? And that's just you don't. And that hasn't changed. Like that hasn't changed. It just it, it hasn't gotten passed on. To the newer generation, like it, like it should have been. Like I, I, like honestly, I, I a lot of that blame I give to our generation for not, you know, being there to pass it on to the, to the younger guys. Mm. But yeah, no, that's what that is. That's just how we built it. How we built the match. Yeah, because I was just seeing that. I was like, man, I don't recall the last time I saw. You know, you know, something like this. If it wasn't like a yeah. big, like, oh my God, this is a big match on SummerSlam or Royal Rumble or whatever, WrestleMania. Yeah. You know, something like that. Just like you know, on Raw. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. So, just basically, that's one of the things that I noticed, and I just thought it was really interesting to see, to sort of see how the crowd yeah. house was invested in certain yeah. storylines and certain characters, and versus now, which was just yeah. interesting. And so, like, I would just remember, also, like, I came in and I was out hurt. For a while, uh, and I was out here in LA rehabbing my injuries, and um, and that's when I came back and, and cost Scott the the uh, the IC title. With, mm. Yeah, with Goldust. Yeah, I came in. I had a gold. Oh, I got they, I got heat because I snuck I snuck wearing a Gold's Gym ragtop sweatshirt into oh, yeah. the you know onto the pay per view. <laughs> um, yeah, they weren't. I mean, it was a huge deal, but right. they were pissed. Right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just remember costing him the title. I remember hitting him with the spin kick off the top. And and I don't remember what we did, if we did anything after that. I think that might have been kind of 
Don't well, I asked anyone ever. Yeah. You know, saw of the, the Razor Ramon one, two, three kid saga. Right. So with that, you you had mentioned kind of that depression of, you know, seeing your, your friends, yeah. you know, all leaving basically. Yep. Was did that make it that much of a relief when you jumped in and joined the NWO? Of course. And were able yeah. to kind of reunite with them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I told I've told the story on how that went, you know, like I had an overdose and at TV's after that Europe tour we were talking about. Yeah. Because I was up 21 days straight, pretty much. Right. Like, just partying and going crazy. And, you know, just, you know, burning the candle at both ends. I just, I just a tremendous case of, like, you know, uh, melancholy combined with, the, like, I don't give a fuck. Right, right. right? Like, um, so, yeah, you know, I talked about this, Vince put me in rehab. Got me all, you know, ready to go, and then like let me go work for Ben or WCW if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, hey, if you want to go, if they got, if you got a better deal waiting for you there, um, you know, I'll chill. just get, I'll, I'll give you a week to think about it. He flew me into Stanford to tell me that. And, wow. Yeah, and while I was in rehab, that first rehab, um, you know, I was paid better than I was while I was. Out working on the road full time, uh-huh. and like I think a huge part of that was, you know, I didn't have to worry about anything while I was in rehab. Usually, there is a, a lot of people when they're in rehab or situations like that, they're so distracted because their life is falling apart so bad on the outside that there's like you know families are getting ready to be, uh, you know, uh, they can't pay the bills, no food, or, right? You know, get ready to get kicked out because the rent's not paid. There's a lot of things. And I, I didn't have to worry about any of those things mm-hmm. because wow. of, you know, Vince. That's really awesome. Yeah. That's really and cool. Then, and so and part of, you know, I say this, you know, it was so nice of them to let me go in the middle of, like, that kind of heated war. But also part of that is, like, he just didn't really think I was that big of a factor. <laughs> You know, uh, if we're to be honest, right? I was going to ask you why you think yeah. he did that. I but... just didn't think I was going to be a huge difference in the war. <laughs> Sometimes people are wrong, even sure. really smart people. Yeah. You guys never talked about that afterwards and yeah. later on in the future? Uh, we didn't have to. Right. We didn't have to. When I came back and, you know, everything happened the way it did when I came back, that was no need to have a conversation about it. Sure. There you go. You know. So, so. Not to get too big of a question, but what do you think it was about about you and Scott that kind of drew you guys to each other that that made you so close? We are just there's so many things about us that are similar, mm-hmm. you know, and just um, our just we loved us so much, just so much, and also I was I had already been under the Kurt adding Mister Perfect Learning Tree, and, and you know. Scott and Sean, that you know, they they they, they had been there as well, mm. and so like like all this stuff like the Click DX NWO like all that. Kurt Henning was such a huge part of that, just in his influence on everyone involved. You mm. know, like Kurt was the guy that took all the guys under his wing, all the young guys, and you know. Uh, and so Scott did the same thing. And so I tried to do the same thing. You know? Yeah. So I don't know why I brought Kurt up, but I just. No, that's really interesting. Yeah. I never I never knew that that was kind of one of the common. There were several common things that, you know, that binded us together. Mm-hmm. And that was one of them. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we all, we got messed up together, but that was like not the main thing at all. Mm-hmm. If it was, our relationship wouldn't be what it is to this day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for this was fun. Yeah, this yeah. is nice, yeah. Yeah, how what how what time is it, Jeff? Coming up on an hour, guys. Yeah. Good timing. Oh my gosh. It's a great show. Yeah. Cool. I hope everyone enjoyed this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, for the people I didn't mention earlier in the show, like I just figured we would do you know, change up the format a little bit, you know, because you know, there's a lot going on and a lot of news in, in the industry right now, and it's the the greatest time, like maybe one of the greatest times ever. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, you know, uh, 
I don't get the chance to see all of any of the shows anymore. And it's like, I feel like I'm giving half-ass reviews of things. And, you know, you know when I um, read comments, and I do read comments. And even though some of them are shitty, right. um, like, still there's some, you know, real, like, solid feedback that you got to take. And, 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 and part of it's like, hey, man, I was waiting for you to talk about this part. And I... I don't want to give you guys half-ass reviews of things and 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 that and I just it's I just there's so much I have to talk about from the past that people seem to want to hear so I yeah. just thought we would do this and hopefully everyone enjoyed it because I really enjoyed enjoyed doing this today it yeah. was fun this Thank is fun you. I'm I'm excited about this for sure cool Mm-hmm. So you know, right. let's get let's do the old you know get the fuck out of here stuff. All right. Well, before you guys go, as always, please do not forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtubecom xpoc Check out the Twitter account xpoc one two three show sixty show, and then you can also check us out on also on Instagram. For me, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denny Salcedo. Uh, you can find me on Twitter on and then Instagram at Ty Matthews PMA. Yeah. At the Real X Puck on Twitter, at Real X Puck on Instagram, at It's Baby Lula, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> See you right here next week from Matt TV Studios. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Sean Waltman, and the entire X Pac 12360 staff, thank you for tuning in to X Pac 12360.